from high atop his mountain of index cards and tournament brackets, this is The Joy of Booking, a fantasy booking podcast. Here's your host, DC Matthews. Thank you, Brandon Banks, and welcome back to The Joy of Booking. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. As always, I hope you are well. I hope those you love are doing well as well. Uh, It should be, I believe, September uh, by the time you're listening to this episode. I hope the weather's getting cooler. Hope everyone is safe. Hope the world is a much more calm and understanding and loving place. And you know what's going to make it even more calm and even more understanding? And dare I say, even more loving. Some more great cruiserweightish classic action. Uh, we are in the second matchups of these rounds here. Uh, we decided what we were doing in our last episode and started going through these matchups. We have our first matchups already set all the way across the board. We will roll and determine what our next matchups will be. And then, in some cases, we'll have uh, multiple people who have won two matchups, setting up an epic third-round collision. Uh, In some cases, a winner will be pretty clear. uh, And in some cases, we don't even know what the hell's going on. So, our next uh, quartet will feature Dante Martin taking on Shibata from New Japan in what would be an epic matchup. And then we have uh, Jake Atlas versus Ilya Dragunov. I am pretty sure uh, we did a little bit of research the last time and figured out that, you know, does Atlas qualify for the bad guy rule? Uh, I seem to recall there was an issue, some potential assault charges. I don't know. I thought we had looked it up and we had seen that it had been dropped, but I now am just curious, more curious to figure it out. Let's see here. Arrested, charged with domestic battery. Oh, my goodness. The things you learn on this show. Uh, He and his partner intended to have some good times uh, with a female, but uh, Jake Atlas was angered that his partner showed more attention to the woman than to him, became physically aggressive, charged at his partner. Someone had to intervene, I'm assuming the woman, uh, and... Jake Atlas scratched his partner's arms and tore the shirt. He refused to leave, wouldn't tell his story. The charges were dropped on June 28th. Uh, So, how does that change things? Uh, You know, he was released with custody to have zero contact with his partner, and then the charges were dropped. So it sounds like... You know, they decided to do something and they there was not enough communication. Um, does that qualify him for a bad guy rule? I'll say no, but he wasn't going to win this match anyways. He's going up against uh, who Jeremy calls the best bout machine. Uh, Shibata's going to beat Martin because, again, we can't judge potential. Dragunov is going to defeat Atlas. And so, once again, we're going to get that great matchup in round three. Shibata with two wins, Dragunov with two wins. Whoever wins that matchup advances. And I can tell you right now, we're going to have to roll some dice for that. That's going to be a matchup where the dice will tell us who wins. 
Uh, pretty good way to start this episode. Our next group of four here. Uh, Matt Jackson of the Bucks of Youth taking on Chuck Taylor of um, also of AEW. He's one of the best friends, right, in the tie-dye onesie, uh, which means Crash Holly will take on Michael Nakazawa. This is not a great uh, bracket. Let me just say that right now. When you do things randomly, this is bound to happen. You're going to get some where you get guys like Dragunov and Shibata who, you know, maybe they're not number one seeds uh, for sure, but they're definitely both quality competitors. Of these four, Crash, I would say, is the best. Sorry to those of you who are fans of the Bucks of Youth. Uh, I will roll for Matt Jackson versus Chuck Taylor, I suppose. Um. Oh, Nakazawa has a win. Okay, hold on. Uh, so, Matt Jackson with a 28, Taylor with a 25. Good matchup there. Uh, but Jackson will get a win, Taylor with zero. So right now in that bracket, Crash has two wins. Uh, he'll take on uh, Chuck Taylor in the third round. And then Matt Jackson and Michael Nakazawa will do battle to determine who's going to come in second. I'll just tell you right now, it'll be the Buck. The Buck will come in second for that. He, I can't have him lose to Michael Nakazawa. Uh, all right. Ooh. You want to talk about this was a, you know, we said this was not the greatest bracket. There are two, no doubt, first seeds, um, I say, number ones in here. We have, uh, let's see if they're going to battle each other. They each have a victory here. Uh, Rey Mysterio, he of the... Uh, 20th anniversary, which recently happened, give you a sense of where I am on the timeline. And he's going to do battle with the other number one, Taka Mishinoku. Uh, to me, these are both uh, Hall of Famers. Rey Mysterio is obviously a Hall of Famer. I would say Taka Mishinoku is as well, because that cruiser, that light heavyweight tournament that WWE did... Now, I had already learned about cruiserweights from watching WCW and Rey Mysterio. But then Taka comes, and the first time he runs, jumps, and lands on the top rope with both feet, and then springs onto somebody, blew my teenage mind. I had never seen anything like that before. Um, I'll tell you right now, I don't even need to roll for it. Rey Mysterio beats Taka Mishinoku. But uh, when we come down to our restitution, and we're tweaking some things. This is definitely going to be a situation where Taka will probably take Crash Holly's place because Crash Holly is most likely going to win his bracket. He is not a number one. Uh, Taka Mishinoku is. So just, again, the, the randomness, the roll of the dice. Leo Rush versus Mance Warner. I'll roll for that one just for fun. Uh, Leo Rush, you know, he's fine. Mance Warner. I liked him in MLW. Leo Rush with a five. Ooh, not good. 20 for Mance Warner. So Mance will get a win. Leo, winless. Uh, and he's going to take on Rey Mysterio in the third round. So poor Leo. Poor, poor Leo. Lashley. Lashley. All right. Next up here, we have Bushi of New Japan taking on CM Punk, which means Sam Gradwell, who, again, uh, I refuse to believe is a uh, cruiserweight. 
taking on ACH. Uh, Punk wins for sure. He's obviously gonna gonna sweep this group of four, and that's totally fine by me. Uh, I will roll for Gradwell versus ACH. I like Gradwell more, but ACH is a talented cruiserweight, and I'm trying not to let total personal feelings come in here. Though Gradwell did just roll a 33. Yeah, and ACH rolls a three. Almost as low a roll as you can get. So Gradwell will win. ACH winless. Um, all right, some good names in this next one, I suppose. Chris Sabin. Love me some Chris Sabin. Love that the Motor City Machine Guns are still a thing in 2022. Taking on Victor of the Ascension. And then we have Matt Bentley, a.k.a. Michael Shane, a.k.a. Cousin of Shawn Michaels, versus TJP. So a very TNA uh, bracket here, considering TJP was suicide for quite a while. Uh, Sabin beats Victor, no question. And I'll even go so far as to... Nope, I'm going to roll for Bentley and TJP. I don't like TJP. Bentley with a 27, TJP with a 27. Ooh! Is this our first tie? I think this is our first tie. All right, Bentley and TJP with a draw. Uh, so we'll do a sudden death where uh, we'll just roll one dice. We'll do a draw and we'll each roll one dice. Bentley and sudden death gets an 18, TJP a 19. Wow! Okay. You know, Matt Bentley, from what I recall, was pretty good. You know, early TNA days, he was pretty good. So that matchup would probably be pretty good. All right, Saban and TJP, two wins apiece, heading into round three. Uh, let's see here. Ray Phoenix taking on Stu Grayson of... Is he part of the Dark Order? I think so. Which means that Kalisto, taking on Jerry Briscoe, technically a cruiserweight, Kalisto Briscoe. Now, I had Gerald Briscoe beat Ray Phoenix. And that sounds weird, given the fact that it's a cruiserweight tournament and Ray Phoenix is so obviously a cruiserweight. But Gerald Briscoe, Hall of Famer. You know, he's... It's one of those things where he wrestled at Starcade 83. So technically, when I go back to the quote-unquote pay-per-view WrestleMania era, which is usually where I start making these lists, he just barely qualifies. Uh, but I'm going to keep him in because I think that's fun. Phoenix will get a win over Grayson, no question. Uh, and you know what? I'm going to roll for Kalisto and Briscoe. I'm going to roll for them. Kalisto with a 33, Jerry Briscoe with an 18. So interestingly enough, Kalisto with two wins, uh, Phoenix and Briscoe with one, Grayson with zero. So we may wind up actually in this bracket because our, in our round three, Phoenix is going to wrestle Kalisto. I think Phoenix is better. I'll probably won't roll for that one. And then Gerald Briscoe is probably going to beat Stu Grayson. We actually might wind up interestingly enough in this, with three people with two wins. So we're going to have to figure out how that's going to work. It may just come down to, you know, matchups and who beat, you know, who beat who. But 
again, we'll have to figure that out. It might be a triple threat sudden death match. We haven't done that before either. This bracket keeps getting more and more interesting the longer we go. Uh, Son of Havoc taking on Pac. What a great matchup that would be. Son of Havoc versus Pac. That would be an extremely good match that Pac would win. And then Marty the Moth Martinez versus Colin Delaney. If you don't remember Colin Delaney, you're not alone. He was, I think, in WWE CW as like the jobber. He's almost kind of like a Barry Horowitz, but nowhere near as good as Barry Horowitz. Uh, So Pac and Marty, each with two wins, they'll take on each other in round three. I wonder who will win that matchup. Ooh, two good names here. Uh, This one is not one of them, although Ho-Ho Loon, Ho-Ho is a no-no, taking on Joaquin Wild of... With Tony D'Angelo, I don't know what's going on in NXT anymore. And then a matchup we would all pay money to watch on pay-per-view: Cedric Alexander versus Ricochet. Uh, I'll give Wild the win over Ho Ho because say it with me: Ho Ho is a no-no. Uh, but we're going to need to roll for Cedric and Ricochet. Ricochet's had more single success, but. Uh, to me, they're both extremely talented. And I hope in this new Triple H era, guys like that get more of a shot. Cedric, double 16s, a 32. Ricochet, 14. Cedric picking up a big win that would probably be considered an upset over Ricochet. Wesley of NXT taking on Funaki. And then Alex Shelley, the other half of the Motor City Machine Guns, versus Kanemaru of New Japan, the guy with the whiskey bottle. Uh, I'm going to give Lee the win over Funaki. Funaki had a long career that's wonderful and amazing, and he did nothing uh, besides be a great announcer. Uh, Wesley, I just think, is better. Uh, But then Shelley is going to beat Kanemaru. Shelly's going to probably sweep that entire bracket. No surprise there. Uh, Arya Davari, who just wrestled, interestingly enough, in the pre-show for the Ring of Honor pay-per-view that just happened. Glad to see him doing well, doing something. Uh, Taken on Tyson Kidd, which means we have Matt Stryker, the teacher, versus S.A. Rios, he of the great moonsault. I just saw somebody on Twitter was like, Look at these three moonsaults. It was Muda's, S.A. Rios's, and then Scorpio's. And he wanted to rank them. And if you look at just those three individual, like there were three examples, one each. Uh, of those three, you know, S.A. Rios got the most height. Um, Muda's looked the most forceful. Like he went out. What was interesting about a, a moonsault, I equate it to diving. I used to teach swimming lessons um, back in the day at camp. So you go to summer camp and you become a counselor and you start teaching swimming lessons. And I had worked on the pool staff as well for a year. So I, you know, was was okay. I'll just say I was okay. Um, When you are diving, you have two options for diving. You can go up or you can go out. Uh, If you go up, 
you know, that's what your competitive divers do because they're trying to, you know, get air so they can do their cool flips and twists and things. If you go out, that's when you're actually a competitive swimmer because you're trying to get as, most, as much forward momentum as possible to help propel you across the pool. I always prefer the shallow out dives where your body, the idea is that you want actually the top of your body, like your back and the back of your head, to not go under the water. You want to hit the water at, at like as close to parallel as possible so you sort of just shoot through. That was what Muda's moonsault was like. Muda's moonsault, he dove backwards, rotated, and hit you with the momentum. So if you watch a Muda moonsault, there is some serious impact in that. An up moonsault, as in your SA Rios or your Kurt Angle, gets a lot of air, is very pretty, but the landing is slightly softer because you're not, you don't have that forward momentum. At least this is my impression. Um, Lita's moonsault was much more like Muda's moonsault. It went out. Uh, again, uh, Two Cold Scorpios actually would have been my third on the list just because his was, it wasn't probably the best example of a moonsault, but he was also doing somersault leg drops and, you know, 450 splashes. So it's not like Scorpio's a bad aerialist. It's just in that example, it was my least favorite of the three. Uh, just so you know. Uh, Tyson Kidd defeats Arya Davari, and I will roll for Striker versus S.A. Rios. Striker with a 34. Uh, S.A. Rios, Rios with a 35. A big, you know, great matchup and a big win there for S.A. Rios. Aguila. <sighs> Brian Christopher, Grandmaster Sexy. Taking on Sean Maluda or Maluso, Aiden English again. Look, he's a he's in your Eddie Dennis style of junior heavyweights, tall but really skinny. Uh, taking on Seth Rollins, uh, Brian Christopher beats Sean Maluda, no question. And Rollins beats Aiden English, no question. Setting up Rollins versus Christopher uh, in the winner-take-all third round. Xavier. We do, when were we talking? Oh, we talked about Xavier. Um, and I think it's been out by now. So I think in our last episode of the Cruiserweightish Classic, we, I got on a tangent about the ECWA Super 8 tournament. Um, which inspired me to do what's now going to become a monthly uh, podcast in which I go through a PWI magazine and just kind of talk my, just sort of chat my way through the magazine. And in that issue, I randomly picked one of the ones from my collection. And in that one, uh, there's a picture of Danielson, Brian Danielson, having won the Super 8. And I think Xavier took part in that one. So we have been talking about Xavier uh, relatively frequently on this, uh, these airwaves the last week or two. He's taking on uh, Swerve Strickland or Isaiah Swerve Scott, depending on what you want to call him. And then we have Christian versus Jimmy Havoc. Obviously, Swerve beats Xavier. Obviously, Christian beats Jimmy Havoc. Uh, 
Christian versus Swerve in round three. We know what the right answer is, uh, even if it's not the one that, um, you know, I like Strickland more than Christian, but he is clearly not the right choice to win. Uh, Swerve Scott is a, belongs in the second tier for now, for now. Uh, Ace Austin, I don't get him, but he's apparently very good, versus Jack Evans, MJF versus Lee Moriarty. Uh, MJF wins. That's not a question. I will roll, however, for Ace Austin versus Jack Evans. Ace Austin with a 19, Jack Evans with a 22. So Jack Evans, two wins, Ace Austin, zero. So another MJF versus Jack Evans. We Again, I could go through this and just pick the winners now, but I like, you know, building things up and building things up. How many more pages do we have? Well, we got quite a ways to go still. All right. John Silver, who looks kind of like he's, he's almost hoss-shaped despite being a cruiserweight, taking on Andrade, Buddy Matthews versus Tony Mamaluke. Again, we don't need to think about this too much. Andrade beats Silver. Buddy beats Mamaluke. Setting up, a, I'll have to roll for that one. Because I cannot be, I know, I had to have a sip of my water. I know for a fact that Andrade deserves that spot more than Buddy Matthews. However, I can't be biased. I can't be unbiased. Buddy Matthews, no relation. But I wish he was. Because, so we'll either roll for that or maybe I'll have a clearer head when we get to round three and I'll make what is probably the right choice and give Andrade the win, but I might not. Carmelo Hayes taking on David Flair. And then in a matchup that I think we saw in the Owen Hart classic, uh, Adam Cole versus Dax Harwood. On a recent episode of DDT Wrestling, I somebody asked the question of... Um, who is a Shohei, o Shohei Otani style player? Shohei Otani is a player for the Los Angeles Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, or at least he is right now. I don't think he's going to get traded, but they could get probably the biggest group of prospects and players they ever that had ever been. You, know, you could trade an entire farm team for Shohei Otani. He's a pitcher. He's a hitter. Yes, Doc Manson, he can field. Uh, he can do it all and does all of it at a very high level. Um, and somebody asked, who is a wrestler that is a similar type where they can do it all? And one of the names, I actually said both of these names. I said Adam Cole and I said Dax Harwood. Dax Harwood can cut a very good promo. He's a very good wrestler. Uh, he can make the crowd care. You know, if you want to go through and try to isolate what the five tools are, in baseball they talk about what a five-tool player is. I don't know what the five tools are for wrestling. I feel like we may have had this conversation before. Look. I think you have to look like a wrestler. You have to be able to talk. You have to be able to connect with an audience. That's three. You have to be able to uh, go in the ring. That's four. I don't know what the fifth tool is. I don't think it, has, it needs to have anything to do with how you present yourself outside the ring. 
I don't fault Adam Cole for playing video games. I don't. I don't think that's a big deal. Um, I think in today's wrestling, this isn't your Dick Murdoch's day. This isn't Dick Murdoch's wrestling. This isn't even William Regal's wrestling. Um, in today's day and age, if Adam Cole wants to play video games and stream about it, that's his choice. That's his choice. Uh, who knows what Bill Watts' crew would have done in the 80s had the internet and Twitch and all of that existed. Hacksaw Jim Dugan, as Bill Watts loves to say, which irritates me every goddamn time. But Hacksaw may have had his own, may have been playing video games. Maybe he's streaming, you know, Pong or whatever it is was available in 84. Uh, so it's not that. So look, promos, wrestling, connecting with a crowd. I'll have to think about what the fifth tool is. Um... Is it finisher? Does the finisher have to be good? It might. You know, a finisher might be actually the fifth thing. You have to have a finishing move that resonates. That might be it. Finisher might be it. Because, so take FTR. Uh, they look like wrestlers in your classic throwback style. Uh, they can cut a very good promo, Dax Harwood specifically, but they can cut a very good promo. Obviously, the fans care. They are incredible in-ring wrestlers, and Shatter Machine, or whatever they call their finisher now, is an amazing finisher. Five tools. Uh, I mentioned Becky Lynch. Uh, she's got the look, and she keeps changing the look. That also may be, ooh, or it might not be finisher. The fifth tool might be the ability to play both heel and face, actually. You know, they talk about Ricky Steamboat and how great he was. Ricky Steamboat was never, as far as I know, uh, never had a real popular run as a bad guy. Despite the name that his real name is Richard Blood. Uh, Steamboat was never a bad guy. And I think that hurts you in your conversation for... Uh, greatest of all time. Ric Flair could do both. Kurt Henning could do both. Bret Hart could do both. I'm sure Ricky Steamboat could have played the heel, but he never had the opportunity to, and I do think that hurts you. Um, so, that might be it. Look, crowd, wrestling, promos, and then ability to play both parts. So Becky Lynch can easily do both. She keeps evolving, which is another thing that's helpful long-term. Uh, she can wrestle. She can cut a good promo. She connects with the crowd. And, yeah. Yeah. I think those are the five tools that I say. You tell me what your five tools are as we get on a huff on our one of our many tangents. Uh, Carmelo Hayes beats David Flair. No question. Uh, the New Age Insiders recently talked about had their podcast back after a very long absence and mentioned how you know they thought Carmelo Hayes essentially was a five tool player. I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen that yet. Haven't seen him talk that great. He's you know, Trick Williams is the mouthpiece there. Uh Adam Cole beat Stax Harwood. If this was a tag team tournament it would be a completely different thing. Alright, let's keep let's keep it rolling here. Let's keep going. Hot rolling because I roll dice. Petey Williams versus Gran Metallic. 
Prince Iakea, or the artist, versus Matt Seidel, a.k.a. Airborne. Uh, P.D. Williams gets the win. Matt Seidel, Evan Bourne gets the win. So those two will do battle in round three. Winner take all. Billy Kidman. Hector Guerrero. Hell of a match that would be. Adam Page. Wheeler Yuta. Great names in this. Uh, apologies to the Guerrero clan, but Kidman's going to be Hector. And then Page versus Yuta. So again, we can't judge potential. But right now, only one of them, at least it's from when I'm recording, only one of them is a title holder. Wheeler Yuta, part of the Blackpool Combat Club, has the uh, Ring of Honor Pure title, and I believe is going to wrestle Chris Jericho in an upcoming Dynamite. And if he wins, he gets a title shot against John Moxley, which, you know, I don't think he's going to win, but still, that's cool. Part of a big story. Adam Page was AEW world champion. Can't take that away from him. But it was um, not the most successful run. And after winning that title, he is now immediately relegated back to uh, the mid-card, if you can call it that. Maybe he's hurt. I don't know. But when I've watched Dynamite, the few episodes of Dynamite or Rampage that I've watched, he's hanging out with the Dark Order and doing nothing. So, I want to roll for this. Do I think they're on the same level? No. But I want to roll for it. But since they're not on the same level, I will give the win to Adam Page uh, begrudgingly. I will begrudgingly give the win to Adam Page. Next up, Matt Taven versus Flash Morgan Webster. And in a match I would love to press a button and be able to watch on my TV, Tyler Bate versus The Hurricane. Uh, I like Flash more than I like Taven, plus Flash Morgan Webster, the son of Armbar Abbott. No one's proven that otherwise to me. Uh I'm going to roll for Tyler Bate in the Hurricane, and I'll tell you why. Well, again, Tyler Bate in today's... Who's why? Tyler Bate does not have the mainstream impact that the Hurricane did. The Hurricane, you know, in my quests, is currently one half of the Raw Tag Team Champions... Um, he's a big deal, the superhero gimmick works, and his career's going to last at least some time longer. Tyler Bate has been great. He won that UK title tournament. He's now, as far as I know, UK champion, haven't watched in a very long time, on my list of many things I want to do. Do I think he's a better wrestler than the Hurricane? Scientifically, sure. If we go through our five-tool players, it's got to be the Hurricane. I'm sorry. I, I think, again, the Hurricane's career has been longer. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard Tyler Bate cut a promo, which is probably just me. I tend to fast-forward past certain things. But I think the Hurricane wins right now. Five years, 
maybe it's different. But right now, I think the Hurricane wins. Ricky Starks. Former FTW champion, former member of Team Taz. That all seems to be in flux for poor Mr. Starks. Taking on L. Dandy. Joey Mercury versus Jeff Hardy, which would be a fun match. Uh, Starks gets the win. Hardy gets the win. Don't think we have to talk about those matchups that much. Let's keep it going. Corey Graves versus Kofi Kingston. Marcel Bartel, a.k.a. Ludwig Kaiser, versus Leon Ruff. Um, I don't think we need to talk about these either. Corey loses to Kofi. Uh, Marcel Bartel, whose chest is going to cave in if he keeps having to take those Ludwig chops, or those Gunther chops, uh, beats Leon Ruff. Kofi versus Bartel is a match we could very easily see. They're both on the same show. I love that that's a possibility. Kaz Hayashi versus Epico. Pete Dunn versus Homicide. Pete Dunn, a.k.a. Butch. If Pete Dunn can be on SmackDown as Butch, Tyler Bate can get to the main roster. That's what I'll say. Um, I'll roll for Kaz versus Epico. Pete's going to beat Homicide, no question about that. But I'll roll for Kaz and Epico. feel like I haven't rolled in a while. 25 for Kaz, 5 for Epico. Those poor colognes can't catch a break even in my tournament. Steven Richards. Ikemen Jiro. Angel Garza versus Shingo. Uh, Stevie wins. Shingo wins, yeah. It's a shame that Angel Garza doesn't have a win yet. That's the nature of the bracket. He'll beat Ikemenjiro, though, without question. So he'll finish third, which is probably where he belongs in this tournament. Caprice Coleman, Zack Ryder. Kid Cash, Mustafa Ali. Great matchup. Uh, we'll give the win to Ryder over Caprice Coleman. And we will roll for Kid Cash versus Mustafa Ali. Kid Cash with a 6. Ali with a 19. So Mustafa Ali has two wins. Ryder and Cash have one. So Ryder will take on Ali. If Ryder wins, he wins the bracket. If he loses, he doesn't, obviously, win the bracket. Kind of how that works. Let's see, where are we at? 35 minutes? We can go a little longer. We'll find, Let's start looking for that great matchup that would be a way to main event our show. Grayson Waller versus Dalton Castle. That would be a very good match, but I don't think that's quite what we're looking for. Uh, Sanjay Dutt versus Kevin Von Erich. I like how they... I was watching an episode of World Class, and then Kevin Von Erich is wrestling Terry Gordy. Great match. And they talk about how the reason Kevin Von Erich doesn't wear shoes, he's barefoot when he wrestles, is because he wants to be limber and fast. And I was just like, I don't think... Now, maybe wrestling boots in the 80s were, you know, blocks of concrete, but I don't think the boots are the problem. 
But you also didn't see a lot of wrestlers wearing like the low top. You know, Taka Mishinoku just wore wrestling shoes, which is also why I liked him because I owned wrestling shoes at that time. Uh, Castle beats Waller. Again, we can't grade on potential. And then I think Kevin Von Erich has to beat Sanjay Dutt. So Brandon asked for Kevin Von Erich. He got him. And Kevin Von Erich seems like he's going to win this thing. Uh, Bobby Fish taking on Crowbar. Fun match. Johnny Gargano versus Lince Dorado. An excellent match, especially since Dorado is the mascot here. But again, Fish is going to beat Crowbar. And apologies to the mascot, but Gargano beats Dorado. Johnny Gargano versus Bobby Fish. I'd pay money to watch that match. If they could ever do wrestling a la carte, where, you know, here's the show. Here are the 10 matches on the show. Uh, you can pay. How would that work? Uh, yeah, let's do it this way. There are 10 matches on the show. You can buy the entire pay-per-view for $50. Or you can pay $6 a match. And then you can do the math. If you want to watch five matches, it's actually cheaper for you to just pay $30 and watch the matches you care about. Um, or if you want to watch most of the show, it's actually cheaper for you to just buy the whole pay-per-view. Just a thought. Just a thought. Nick Jackson, the other half of the uh, Bucks of Youth, versus uh, Takahashi, the one with Daryl. Pillman Jr. versus Mansoor. So, quick tangent. Uh, as of this moment, I don't know what's going on with L.A. Knight, Eli Drake, Max Dupree. Uh, it seems very much like the Max Dupree character is done. Um, maybe L.A. Knight shows up on SummerSlam to wrestle Seth Rollins. That would be amazing. Maybe he's released. Maybe he didn't like any of these characters. He complained about it, and they're going to release him because he's not that big of a deal. Uh, maybe he goes back to NXT. Maybe he's repackaged again. I don't know. Um, but you got to think, with Masse and Mansoir or whatever they were calling themselves, it's a dumb gimmick, but L.A. Knight can get that gimmick to work. He's that good. He is probably a five-tool player. He can talk. He has the look. He can wrestle. He could be a face and a heel. And the crowd, he can have the crowd in the palm of his hand anytime he wants. He could have made that work. Five-tool players can make just about anything work. Uh, but now he's not gonna. So that gimmick is going to fail miserably. Because now you've taken, you didn't even give it to Ginny. You gave it to some, uh, forgive me, nobody from NXT that nobody knows. Is she a good promo? I don't know. But are Mason Mansoor good enough to get that to work without somebody like LA Knight? No. They are not. Uh, Nick Jackson versus Takahashi. Takahashi wins. Takahashi is a multiple, multiple, multiple time junior heavyweight champion. Uh, Pillman, I'm giving Pillman the win over Mansoor, unless, for some reason, this match took place in Saudi Arabia. Shark Boy, 
Shark Boy. Uh, versus Brian Danielson, which to me is enough. This these two matchups here are enough for me to say we're gonna end it here. Shark Boy versus Brian Danielson, Cash Wheeler of FTR versus Blitzkrieg. Uh, Danielson wins, of course, even though that match would be hilarious. And then I will give Wheeler the win over Blitzkrieg only because Blitzkrieg's run was so short. We have one, two, three, four... Four more pages of the second matchups to do. That will be next episode, and we will probably be able to start the third round in which we are able to make first, second, third, fourth, and start gearing up towards when it gets really... First, it's going to get really bad because we got to do the, the, low pe- the fourth place. Uh, based on how that may look, it may be a battle royal. I don't know. Um... And then we start getting towards the good stuff where the creme de la creme competes. Thank you for listening along and enjoying my tangents on all sorts of things. I hope you have yourselves a great day. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. I'll see you the next time we celebrate the joy of booking.